Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. We're brought to you, as always, by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is. Listen, if you care about your teeth at all, hire a great dentist. That's Dr. Mike O'Neill, 317-849-2933. We're going to talk to Colts quarterback Philip Rivers in just a moment. And then after that, we're going to talk about how Indiana got hosed today, utterly hosed today by the Big Ten. But first, it's the Colts. It's Phillip Rivers, who turned 39 years old yesterday, coming off a big win against the Houston Texans down in Houston. Phillip, what'd you do on your birthday? Does your family go, like, all out to celebrate your birthday, or is it just kind of Tuesday? Yeah, it was just kind of a Tuesday um, for the most part, you know. Um, yeah, it was good. You always get it. Uh, kind of our, uh, you know, thing is we just do a little family meal and sit down together, so um, which we try to do anyway, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was similar, which, which is what I enjoy. You know, it's interesting. We, we, we eased over to the park. We, uh, threw a little ball in the yard. So, I mean, all, you know, you think, what, what did you, what did you pick to do on your birthday? And those are things that I love to do on Tuesday afternoon. We stopped at Chick-fil-A on the way home from school on Tuesday. That was the first question. Dad is still Chick-fil-A Tuesday, isn't it? I was like, yeah, let's go. So, um, very similar Tuesday, which is always a, always a good afternoon. Do you feel 39? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I certainly, I certainly don't feel 29, but I, at the same time, I feel good. Uh, but it does. It, it, it kind of made me chuckle a little bit yesterday just to think I'm 39. I'm still getting to play a game. You know, I'm playing a game. <laughs> One of my children actually asked me, how long have you been playing football? And I was thinking back. <clears throat> I, I mean, I was obviously around it since I was little. I didn't play tackle football until seventh grade. But you look at whatever that is, I mean, it's 27 years, 28 years. It sounds kind of crazy. I've been playing a game, so I'm still getting to play it. So, um, yeah, I don't really think about it much. I think when you, uh, you know, when you get upwards in age, the birthdays aren't as, I guess, big of a deal as far as, you know, a party and all that stuff, uh, especially when you have, we have nine little ones to celebrate their birthdays. They tend to, they tend to, uh, take, take the, uh, you know, the excitement tends to go their way. Hey, during the season, do you get to do a lot of normal dad stuff? You got nine kids. What do you do to take care of them? Oh yeah. Yeah. I get to, uh, Monday and Tuesdays, uh, 
I take to school and pick up and Fridays I get to pick up. So I said, and, and off season, there's two different seasons. So still get to, uh, still get to get those, those uh, responsibilities and, and uh, spend that time. We know you got the foot thing going. Can you remember a time over the course of almost 250 straight starts in the NFL? Can you remember a time where it was really, really close where you almost didn't get to go? Um, yeah, I mean, ACL was crazy. That, that week was certainly crazy. Uh, but I feel like had we found a way to win that game, I'd have been in a better place uh, Super Bowl week than I was then. Um, probably, probably, back, probably back in 2014. Uh, I, I don't know. Had we gotten in, had we gotten in in 14, we were in that, we're in win and get in at Kansas City. I don't know that I could have carried on after that, but um, I, there hasn't been too many that have come down right to the wire. There's been some rough weeks, but none that have really come right down to uh, Sunday decision. Over your time in the NFL, can you remember being a part of a team where this many receivers kind of had to get fed? Yeah, I mean, definitely have. I think there's been some seasons that have been like this. You know, maybe not a ton. Usually, there's a, usually there's a uh, kind of a catch leader that's you know well above, and then there's a pack. Um, so maybe a little different in that regard. Um, shoot, last year there was three that almost caught a hundred. So that, that was a whole different kind of whole different kind of uh, cluster of getting the ball spread around with three guys with that many. But yeah, probably probably not this many. Probably not this many consistently throughout games. You know, I mean, it's not just uh, week to week that, you know, a guy with nine catches and then a couple with three, it's usually, you know, 11, 10, eight, nine, 10 guys touch the ball each week, which is, uh, you know, or catch a pass, which is, which, yeah, it's probably not as, uh, I mean, it's not something that you I've been around every season, but from the, but at the same time, from a, from a style and approach standpoint with the way we coach and the way, the way it's coached and the way it's installed, everybody, everybody's alive, you know, as we say in our room, when we install stuff, everybody's alive. There, there's not many plays we put into where we say, there's no way the ball is going over here. Those are those plays. Those, they, they do happen. <laughs> they do happen. Those are few and far between. Uh, most of the time, everybody's alive based on the coverage. You never know where you may get flushed. You never know. Uh, and so that, that, uh, I think our guys always have believed that. And then I think, though, when you have a year like this where it truly does get spread around as much as it does, it just further instills the importance of, of every single route, every single discipline within the route. And I think it's paid off for us uh, in, in, in these games thus far and will down the stretch. Do you prefer having a bunch of guys like that, a bunch of receivers who are capable, or would you rather have just one guy that you can look at and say, okay, I'm throwing it to 13. I'm getting it to T.Y. Hill. Yeah, you know, I, it, it's it, it's interesting because there's certain times like last week it was it, it got it got going in that second quarter to where a little bit of me was like I want to throw the ball to 13 every single snap if I can. You know, it was just like he was going. I was like he may have 200 today. It was just one of those deals. So there's a little bit of that that you don't want to lose. You know, when a guy's really rolling, it, you don't want to say, well, yeah, I might could have checked this, but I'm I'm just going to read it front side and kind of go through. It's like, well, no, this guy's wearing this guy out over here feeding the ball. So I think that you don't want to completely lose that, uh, but you also don't want to, uh, you know, go rogue and start trying to do more than, than, than fits that particular play. Cause that's when bad things happen. But um, I think there's, it's, there's always an element of that. You know, we used to have the gates rule. We used to call it, you know, it was like, Hey, we're throwing the ball to gates until we can't, you know, I mean, that was on certain plays. That was the, that was the, that was the reprogression during the week. And it was like, okay, what, what means we can't, well, it, it took quite a bit, you know, in some, in some instances, but so there's certain times that are like that. That's just, Hey, if you got singled and you love TY go, if you got, you know, so there's certain things like that. You don't want to ever lose that, 
But I do think playing within our system and as multiple as we are and really as deep as we are, it has, uh, it has probably made us a little bit tougher to defend uh, playing and play out. You know, you've had 29 starts against the Raiders. Does that give you an advantage? You know, that's almost two full seasons of professional football just against the Raiders. Does that give you an advantage in preparation and in playing against this team? Ryan Kelly asked me that this morning. You played these guys a few times, huh? And I said, yeah, this will be 29. And he thought, they kind of shook his head like, that's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I mean, obviously they're different and teams change over the years. But, I mean, you know, there was something about, you know, something about playing the Raiders twice a year that was a big deal. Uh, you know, I kind of got a first taste of it with Marty Schottenheimer, uh, you know, out there my first couple of years. Um, you know, so there's some familiarity there, obviously, even with Gruden being there the last handful of years, playing them twice. And um, But I don't know that there's any advantage. Obviously, we'll be going to a new venue. It's not going going to the same Coliseum that so used to all those years. Um, so I don't know if there's any advantage. Uh, I, I – I do think, you know, playing, playing against this defense the last couple of years, you know, I've always thought, and, and that's, I mean, it's not me. I mean, I know Peyton Mannings and Favre's, and I mean, I can name all the, all the guys that played a lot of football for a long time. You know, the coordinators certainly, you know, uh, know those guys, you know, so having gone against this defense and being in the division a few, a few times, you certainly know they know me and I know them. And so whatever tweaks and things they may do more to, is more, uh, you know, in that kind of that chess match uh, from, from me to them and them to me also and, and collectively to our offense, you know. So I think there's a little bit of a combination of that, but I don't see that there's a necessarily a real advantage either way other than just kind of that, uh, it's allowing you to go, man, 29 times against the same franchise is pretty cool. What stands out to you about the Raiders as a franchise? One thing, if you always – they just seem to be a, a staple of, of – the Oakland Raiders, I know the Las Vegas Raiders now is they're big and they're fast. You know, I mean, that's just what you knew they were going to be is they were going to pass the eye test when they got off the bus. You know, they were, they were pretty. When they came out of the locker room, it was, my goodness, look at those guys. So they still have kept that kept that kind of tradition going. Uh, and defensively, they fly around. Um, you know, the guys in the secondary are flying around. The, the defensive line is very active, very very penetrating. You know, you, usually you play different uh, schemes. You know, some some schemes are more the kind of the old school three four, the old school two gap guys. You know, they try to just hold up blocks and let linebackers make plays. These guys are very uh, penetrating, uh, trying to cause problems in the backfield and just you know wreak havoc. So it's a uh, very attacking defense. Obviously, his time in Cincinnati. Uh, with Mike Zimmer, uh, that's similar ways I would describe Mike Zimmer's defenses and, and styles as aggressive and disciplined and 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 multiple. And so they certainly you see some you see some similarities of that. And certainly um, he's added some of his own uh, tweaks over his time he's been in Oakland. Over the course of your career, who are the toughest guys you've come across? Either played against or played with? Um, gosh, you know, I mean, usually you think of guys you played with, you know. Um, you know, so I think of Chris Dillman, I think of Nick Hardwick, I think of Jeremy Clary, uh, I think of Antonio Gates. Um, you know, I think you think of guys that you, you, you've been in it with and seen them day to day, uh, kind of, you know, season to season, week to week, things they've dealt with and been through. And um, so, I, you know, that's more what comes to mind for me. And then I think of my dad, really, uh, the way he coached, um, the toughness of which he, he, that he brought, you know, um, and instilled in his team. And really, you know, uh, I always remember, you know, find a way to get off the field. I, I, <laughs> I crossed my mind uh, in Green Bay a couple of weeks ago was unless something's broke, you better get off that field. So, um, 
that was just kind of that was just kind of the way it was around our house. But his toughness, along with his, it, also in a very dad loving way, uh, is also one I think of. That's Colts quarterback Philip Rivers. Rivers and the Colts going to take on the Raiders this Sunday in Las Vegas. And if the Colts win, they got a great chance of going to the playoffs. Win, go to nine and four. You have the head-to-head win against the Raiders. All of a sudden, being a wild card looks like it's almost guaranteed, not quite, but almost guaranteed. And you put yourself in a position where going into the last three games of the regular season, you're going to be at least tied with the Tennessee Titans atop the AFC South. This is a good matchup for the Colts. I think they win this game. I think they go to Vegas and they get this job done. We'll see. Knock wood, right? Let's talk about the Big Ten and what they did to Indiana University football today. Here's the deal. The Big Ten, before this season started, they enacted a bunch of COVID season-related rules. And one of those rules was that teams had to compete in a minimum of six games in order to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game. Ohio State is right now 5-0. and They've competed in five games. The game this weekend between the Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines has been canceled. That means they're stuck on five. So Big Ten athletic directors got together today realizing that the Big Ten or that Ohio State is the only team in the Big Ten with a realistic chance of making the college football playoffs and reaping the bounty that goes with that berth to the college football playoffs. They decided to suspend that six-game uh, minimum rule and allow Ohio State into the, co- the Big Ten football championship. And that means that Indiana can't play in it. And I think that sucks. You make rules. You made the rule for a reason. It was probably to protect Ohio State and its birth in the Big Ten championship. Instead, what they've done is reverse course, and they're barring Indiana from playing in it. And I get it. You know what? Ohio State's a better football team than Indiana. That's absolutely true. Ohio State's got a better chance of participating in the college football playoff. But this isn't the big one in the Little 13. Indiana's not sitting at the kiddie table or they shouldn't be, of the Big Ten. They ought to be at the big boy table and able to say, look, you know what? We're here too. It's not just the Buckeyes. We're ranked eighth in the country. Come on, give us some love. We do this once every half century. Instead, what the Big Ten did was say, Ohio State is the meal ticket for the rest of the conference. We don't want to piss off Ohio State. We don't want to put ourselves in a position where we don't have a team in the college football playoff. And I think it sucks. I think it's a miserable thing to do, and I think the Big Ten owes Tom Allen money because Tom Allen's got bonus language in his contract that pays him $200,000 if Indiana goes to the Big Ten championship game and wins it. He ain't going to be able to play in it. His Hoosiers aren't going to be able to play in it, so he stands to lose that two hundred k. Now, he's not going to miss that money. He makes a lot more money than that. But still, it's the principle of the thing, and it's the principle for the kids who worked like hell, assuming a set of rules was going to be respected. They win six. They lose one, the one to Ohio State by seven in Columbus, and all of a sudden their dream of playing in Indy is gone, poof, because the ADs got together and decided, you know, kind of in that Chicago way, you go into the uh, the back room filled with cigar smoke. You got all of that. And all of a sudden, this plan is hatched that recoups money that the Big Ten likely would have lost had they not made this change. I think it absolutely sucks because that sport 
and the experience of playing college football and college athletics is supposed to be about the student-athletes. And it's not, and we know it. It's about cash. And if you had any doubt that it was about cash, you weren't paying attention today. I got more to say about this, and I'm going to say it tomorrow morning as well. Breakfast with Kent straight up, 7 o'clock on Facebook Live. Immediately thereafter on Periscope and Twitter, subscribe to my YouTube channel. How about that? Cannot wait to talk to you tomorrow morning. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill. Simply the best dentist that there's ever been. Hire him to take great care of your teeth.